Welcome to Frictionless Marketing, an exploration of how modern marketers are building their brands, reaching their audiences, and thriving in this post-advertising world. Nick Taylor from Lippy Taylor here with another episode from our Digital Reductionism series in partnership with The Homes Report. Digital reductionism is all about how brands are moving past the notion of transformation and thriving in a new era that we like to call the digital enlightenment. Many marketing agencies still offer services that claim to help brands navigate these new waters, but today digital and social marketing have reached such a universal ubiquity that even the term digital marketing is redundant since the majority of marketing is already natively digital. Well, in Digital Reductionism, we're interviewing brand leaders who have already moved beyond the idea of digital transformation and are thriving within this new landscape. Our conversations are meant to uncover their best key learnings about how marketing and communications leaders can best take advantage of today's digital enlightenment. In today's episode, we're joined by Franz Pasha, Senior Vice President of Corporate Affairs at PayPal. When PayPal split from eBay, Franz built a corporate affairs function by integrating the communications practice with government relations and social innovation, all operating as a single entity. We get into the benefits of consolidating previously disparate communications practices and key insights for other brands seeking to better integrate their own comms departments. Prior to joining PayPal in 2015, Franz spent almost four years at McKinsey & Company, where he was responsible for external relations, public affairs, and strategic communications. Prior to that, he was a senior partner at Fleischman Hillard and is one of the few comms industry leaders to hold a degree in law. Earlier this year, Franz was ranked as one of the most important and influential in-house communicators in the world by Holmes Report's Influence 100. This conversation was led by Lippy Taylor President Paul Dyer, and without further ado, here is Franz Pasha, Senior Vice President of Corporate Affairs at PayPal. Hello, and welcome to the second installment of the Digital Reductionism series. I'm here with Holmes Report, um, presented by Lippy Taylor. Uh, this is Paul Dyer, and I will be interviewing today Franz Pasha, who leads the corporate affairs function at PayPal. Franz, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. And we're very happy to be hearing your thoughts. So the premise of the Digital Reductionism series is that leading brands are no longer focused on the transformational or disruptive impact of digital on their business and are now, in fact, really just thriving in a more digitally defined world. So to begin with, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think about that premise? I agree with the premise uh, and the the basis for this discussion. I think that uh, all of us who are um, thinking about stakeholder communications and about how to reach all of our audiences in the current environment, we're living and breathing digital. I think digital is simply part of how we communicate. Um, I can remember the days when people you know, would have a digital group or a digital team. That's no longer the case. I think, you know, within our function and throughout our um, group of professionals, uh, we include uh, digital strategies and tactics as part of every playbook, as as part of every uh, strategic communications initiative. So I, I agree with how you're coming at this conversation. Well, that's good. It's a good starting point. And it obviously at PayPal, 
your entire business, your entire business model exists in the digital world, your digital native business. Um, do you think that has impacted the way that you're viewing sort of the modern communications landscape or the um, capabilities that you've been developing um, for the broader corporate affairs function at PayPal? Uh, I think it does have an influence, but I think that um, as with most global companies, we have a wide range of stakeholders. And if you think about how we've structured our corporate affairs uh, team, uh, we have within our team the government relations team, external communications, internal communications, uh, reputation risk management, as well as our, um, our social innovation group. And across a full spectrum and some of those stakeholders we meet in we meet with in person and some we communicate with digitally through our own channels uh, or through or through other platforms uh, some we rely on uh, earned media um, and in some cases you know internally we also have the full range uh, of channels so I do think that it has an effect that we're essentially we we live in the digital world as a company and our business relies on great digital communications and of course the the transactions and the business uh, across our platform but that doesn't mean that we don't keep in mind and work all of the channels and think about the way our audiences uh, want to and need to receive communication for us i've always been a great believer that the most important thing is to understand how your audiences receive information, how they hear you, uh, and how they seek to engage and want to engage. So you can't just drive communications um, from the center out. It's got to be, it's got to be full engagement, um, and that means really listening and really understanding the full range and using the full range of channel of channels. And when you say listening. You know, in, in the sort of social media sense, that can be interpreted in a, I guess, a very specific way of, you know, using tools and listening to online conversations. Um, but it felt like maybe you were also intending that in a more, I guess, just traditional sense of hearing your stakeholders one on one. Do you find um, that um, those two things often are, are brought together or social listening something that? perhaps lives elsewhere in the business? Well, I meant it uh, in the traditional sense of, of listening, um, listening intently so you can really hear and understand. But I think to do that uh, in today's communications environment, it's a, it's a mosaic of sound. So uh, just to mix the metaphor between, uh, uh, between, between art and music. Um, but, you know, we, we hear from our customers through our customer service channels. We hear from our customers uh, by email. We hear on social media. Um, we pay attention to the media, of course. We're also working with nonprofits and with our partners and with governments and regulators. And, you know, we need to be aware of all the channels in which, you know, all the channels through which, these audiences communicate, communicating with us in an affirmative way, but also where we are in the conversation, in the global conversation as a global company. 
Um, so that requires really being attentive, I think, to the full range of communication and being able to engage where our audiences are engaging. That's great. And I, I love the mosaic of sounds. It's a very quotable sound bite. Thank you, Franz. Um, so you've mentioned all the, the sort of various stakeholder groups. You've mentioned, you know, the various um, capabilities, um, you know, that you have sort of all um, combined into one entity. Um, when PayPal split from eBay, um, our understanding was that you built the global communications and corporate affairs function by integrating really all of these different disciplines, things that may have previously been siloed, like external and internal communications, government relations, et cetera. And one of the things that we've seen um, you know, listed as being part of that function is social media innovation. And of all the things on that list, that's the one that it feels like people companies seem to all have varying degrees of opinion about where that fits. Is it a marketing function? Is it a research function, product development, communications, right? Um, so I'm curious your thoughts on that. Do you, do you believe that social innovation has a natural home within the corporate affairs or communications function? Yes, for PayPal, it made perfect sense to bring together our social innovation team, which is responsible for uh, all the ways that we deliver against um, the core of our mission, which is to democratize um, financial services and to uh, work to improve uh, the financial health of our customers, uh, who include individuals and families and small businesses and large businesses. So our social innovation team uh, is an integral part of how we think about corporate affairs. Um, when we are thinking about how we speak and communicate to our audiences, um, we feel strongly that our corporate affairs team you know, has to be an engine for the mission, vision, and values of PayPal. Um, and part of uh, the way we express our values is to think about our to think about our social purpose, the social impact that we have, and our social innovation team, you know, is a core part of that um, of that thinking and that um, way of walking in the world. Um, so for us, it makes perfect sense to bring social innovation together with public policy and government relations and communication, uh, both internally and externally. Internally, that includes volunteer activities and how we um, think about um, our philanthropic activities that our employees are engaged with. Um, externally, it involves partnerships with nonprofits and also our, our power and giving platform and the thought leadership that we, um, that we on financial health and on the challenges that those who are not well served by the financial system face and how fintech can really make a difference. Um, and so just going back to that original concept, um, we talk a lot about um, you know, our strategic purpose as a function, but also we talk about how connected we are to fulfilling the mission of the company um, and how we can exemplify the company's values in the way that we communicate with our stakeholders. That's great. And 
it sounds like a, a a little bit of a daunting task. I mean, you have a, a pretty big mission, you know, democratizing the sort of financial system, um, you know, reaching people who are, uh, I think, as you put it, you know, outside of the the, the established or traditional financial system. Um, when you think about um, sort of how you keep your team, your you know, your actual communications corporate affairs function on the cutting edge so that they can continue to pursue that mission, so that they can continue to um, connect the communications efforts back to the business strategy as you so eloquently described it. What are the keys to making sure that your team stays sharp? Are there educational initiatives? Are there training requirements? Are there, how do you do it? Yeah, I would say, um, let me answer that with a, with a few components. I mean, one of the things that's really important for our team to stay at the front edge is to really stay close to our customers and our audiences and to really put ourselves in the position uh, of our stakeholders so that we really understand them and understand what they are seeking from us as a corporate affairs function and how they receive information and also how we can most effectively um, help to support the mission of the company and fulfill its strategic objectives. So part of it is staying close to the customer and close to all of our stakeholders. The other aspect is staying very close to the business. We think of ourselves as always having to, always working to be the best partner we can to the business units and and to the functions that we serve within the company. And that dynamic is a really educational one. PayPal is filled with innovators and um, really um, committed professionals. And it's exciting to be partnering um, with our business partners in the business, whether they're you know, in the engineering team or in the sales and marketing team or business leaders who are uh, involved with our partnerships with, uh, with other uh, institutions or with uh, the leaders of our business who are working with, with governments and with uh, the you know, big nonprofit institutions. So it's, again, that being close uh, to our partners in the business. And then we work on providing interdisciplinary growth within our function. So one of the cool things that has evolved as we brought our teams together is that we have people who have a deep spike in communication who are really excited to be working on social innovation and adding that um, to their toolkit of skills and capabilities. Um, and we have government relations professionals who have been working on government relations for years but are now developing and teaming with great communicators, and it, 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 helps, it helps them to be better in their core discipline but also opens up professional interest and engagement for them. And we very often build um, what I would call interdisciplinary teams when we think about um, a big initiative or a big uh, strategic push. Uh, We also have um, a program to be sure that people have the opportunity to pursue professional development. And we we also encourage each other to share uh, what we're learning. Uh, We are a I, I would say a pretty close knit team, and so when people go through a you know an important initiative or experience, we try to be sure we share that learning. 
But I also think we all have to be challenged as uh, corporate affairs professionals to stay abreast of best practices, to look for what to admire and how our peer companies are um, doing what they do, um, and, that's, and globally, and to really think globally and learn uh, across regions. So I guess the final element is that personal learning that I think drives great professionals. And I think to, to grow, you have to also take responsibility uh, for, your own, for your own learning as well as be prepared to partner and engage with those around you and learn from the great team that's around you. That, that's great. And, and I, I think can, that, I, yeah. Well, and I know I want to say that I'm learning, I'm learning every day from my colleagues on this team um, and from my partners and colleagues throughout the business. And it's, it's part of what makes it exciting to be working in the fintech sector, but also for, for a company uh, that is, you know, in many ways, you know, pushing the envelope as a, um, as a fintech leader in a world that's increasingly uh, digital and where uh, digital financial services and commerce, you know, are a significant secular trend um, that's crossing borders um, and um, across the full economic strata. That's great. And I think one of the other things that, you know, that I heard in your, your response there that will that will maybe get uh, a lot of people excited, right, was the, not just the the respect for people who have more, um, you know, for the experience and the, the heritage of foundational skill sets in corporate affairs, but then the ability of those people to, you know, both learn from and add to um, people who maybe have, um, you know, a more digital native skill set or a more specialized skill set. Um, and that if you're able to get those people together, then they learn from each other. And that I think is a, that's a really um, strong message. One of the, um, I guess one of the things that um, you, you came back to, if I rewind a couple of minutes ago, I heard you uh, again and again say, be close to the business and being, you know, being um, tied in to the business. Um, in the PR industry, sometimes we can be accused of navel gazing, meaning we spend too much time focusing on what's right in front of us or talking, talking to ourselves almost, right? Um, you're involved, obviously, at the most senior level of PayPal, which is, of course, um, one of the most important companies, um, you know, in, well, obviously in fintech, but certainly um, in the modern economy. Um, so I would imagine that you're involved in a lot of senior executive level conversations that have a broader purview than the way that we think about communications or digital or things like that. So how, how does that broader purview from your business colleagues um, change or influence the way that you think about um, digitally defined communications? Yeah, that re question requires a bit of thought. Um, but I do think that when you are, when you're working as a communications professional inside a company or even as an outside advisor to a company, where the senior leadership, where the CEO and the senior leadership really think of the corporate affairs team and all the, com all the elements within it as true partners in, um, 
in fulfilling the mission of the company and fulfilling the strategic objectives of the company, um, it it adds a strong sense of responsibility and really an in, and I would say a a strong inspirational aspect to the work that we do. And you know, particularly when we have so in the digital era, you know, we have so many tools and so many ways of of being able to support the business both by understanding and as I as I said earlier, understanding and really hearing our stakeholders um, in all the ways that they're expressing uh, their views um, and their needs, and also by using you know the full spectrum of communication um, and stakeholder management um, channels and uh, tactics. I think it's um, it's a really exciting time to be doing the work we're doing, and when you can do that work with business partners who really value um, the professional insights that you can bring and the strategic value you can provide, I mean that's that's a great place to be. Well, it is, and and you know as you said, um, you know your executives. It sounds like believe that communications can help achieve the business mission at PayPal. So let's talk a little bit about trust and reputation. And um, obviously, there are two things that um, we talk about a lot in our industry, but that have certainly sort of been under shifting definitions, I guess, or shifting expectations um, over the last two or three years. Um, we read that PayPal checkout converts at 88.7%, which is 82% higher than a checkout without PayPal, and 60% higher than other digital wallets. Um, obviously, we're talking about money, so trust has to be involved here, right? What What is the role of PayPal's reputation in delivering or maintaining those business results? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a great believer that, that reputation is part of the core value of a company, and that reputation has to be uh, protected and reputation has to be respected you know, across all the dimensions of the company, but that it also um, can be um, can be both uh, built and grown. Um, and so we think a lot about reputation and how important um, our credibility is. You know, we're in a business where we are um, involved in the movement and management of money um, for our customers, and we honor the trust that our customers place in them, and our reputation and that trust is, you know, is so important to all of us. And I think that it's also very important um, when we think about, you know, how we innovate and how we grow. Um, and how we work with our partners and with governments and regulators, um, we, you know, we are intent on really maintaining that trust and on continuing every day to earn a reputation um, that reflects, you know, our that reflects the seriousness of our mission um, and that reflects our values and. 
you know, we haven't um, we haven't had a chance to talk as much about that in in our interview. But um, you know, one of the one of the things that's really distinctive about uh, PayPal and the work that we're doing is the focus we bring um, that derives from our values. Um, for example, one of the values we spend a lot of time thinking about, and that's really one our you know, at the core of our value system is inclusion and how we think about inclusion inside the company and outside the company. Um, and, you know, that informs, um, that informs both uh, the way in which we engage with our stakeholders and also the way in which we treat each other uh, professionally and within the company community and the way we seek to walk in external communities. That's great. And, and it does feel like it naturally flows from if your mission is democratization, then your value system is built around inclusion. And it does feel like all of these things now, as you talk about them, are interconnected with the trust and the reputation. And, and I appreciate hearing, you know, you were you use the word seriousness, you know, about those things. Um, so what about on sort of the other end of the spectrum? Right. So PayPal was the initial the OG, if you will, digital disruptor with online payments. And now there's a whole slew of other disruptors. And um, sometimes, you know, it may be uh, you have to make judgment calls about whether you want to be, you know, competing head to head with the disruptors or taking a high road or, you know, do you maintain as a market leader the disruptor mentality or is it is it a different um, sort of way of thinking now that, you know, PayPal is the established leader? So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, our perspective is that we always need to be uh, innovating and looking at how we can provide a great, and, and experience for our customers uh, and how we can continue to find ways that we can you know, meet customers' evolving needs. Technology is changing quickly. The way in which customers engage uh, in, with digital commerce and with their own finances is, uh, is changing, and we want to be at the you know, front edge of meeting those needs, the needs of our customers. So that often involves uh, innovation. It often involves, um, you know, uh, full-out focus on how we serve our customers. But it also, I think, in you know, we believe involves partnerships and thinking about the the overall financial services ecosystem uh, and how we can partner to better serve customers and how innovation and new ways of uh, reimagining money and financial services, you know, can be brought to the widest, um, the widest population of customers. There are so many people in the world who are still underserved by uh, the financial system. Um, and, you know, we think we have a role to play um, in enabling those people who've been underserved to have affordable access to financial services, or if they're small businesses, to um, to capital and to e-commerce, 
Um, it's something that we're focused on, but we also know that we can't uh, do it all alone, that it also takes partnerships, uh, both with other companies um, and with policymakers and with regulators. That's great. And we try to communicate, you know, we, we try to work to communicate that partnership approach uh, because it is such an important part of the, um, you know, of the, of the current uh, progress um, you know, in the digital economy and within the fintech sector in particular. Well, and I'm sure it's no accident that it feels very closely aligned with your mission and your values of democracy and inclusion, right? Inclusiveness. So working with partners and um, you know, doing it um, in tandem with, with other entities or organizations it makes a lot of sense. When you, um, you've, you've brought up innovation uh, a number of times. You brought it up, you know, related to um, the business growth, almost as if the two went hand in hand without even really giving it more thought than that. Um, you brought it up with just staying on, you know, the cutting edge. You know, it's innovation seems to be, um, it, it's, it's a core piece of the puzzle, it sounds like, because um, you've, you've brought it up a number of times. So when you think about innovation, um, how important is it for PayPal to be the first to try a new approach versus, um, maybe it's not versus, but, you know, while also, you know, remaining ROI focused and trying new things, but also delivering ROI to the business. So how do you, how do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, um, you know, it's very important to us that we continue to serve our customers and to continue to be able to provide them with with great value um, and to um, and to develop with them as they um, evolve in their needs and you know if you look at some of the um, services that PayPal offers if you think about um, zoom which is uh, you know which is uh, a service where where you know Zoom provides a digital remittance channel and enables people in um, the United States to transfer money to their loved ones um, or you know and families in other countries um, on their smartphones and directly um, into um, financial institutions and to be able and it was a service that completely changes the way that money's transferred. It saves time, it saves cost, it's uh, safer. And that really was something that changed the lives of families across borders. Um, if you think about Venmo, which is, uh, you, know, a, you know, a remarkable um, product uh, that has brought together um, social media um, and um, and transaction services, it has really um, you know captured both the imagination and the affection of millennials. Uh, but it's also filling a need. People wanted to be able to seamlessly share um, and split bills and to find ways to. Um, share costs among friends. 
Um, and it's really become a phenomenon. And uh, again, it's something that met a need. Um, and that's, I think, in many ways, that's I would think I think of this as sort of customer-driven innovation. Um, and that's something that, uh, as a as a corporate affairs function, we think about all the time. Um, you know, again, staying close to the customer and staying close to the business, so that we're in a position to really, um, you know, facilitate. Uh, the communications and the engagement that goes in both directions. That's great. And those are two amazing examples of innovation that really created customer value with Zoom and with Venmo. What about when it comes to, I don't know any other way to put this than, you know, getting credit for it, right? I mean, at the end of the day, some, you know, the, the media landscape, we all know it's under a lot of pressure. We all know that, you know, reporters are getting more and more and more communications every day. Are they naturally finding these great things that you're doing and talking about them in the right way? Or, you know, are you finding that it's still important to, you know, really prioritize, um, you know, getting in front of them and, you know, even quote unquote pitching the media over these innovations. Uh, you know, you know, I'm a believer that the media has a really important role to play in communicating uh, stories and and news and providing thoughtful analysis and research and. You know, we we believe that we've got to be thinking about uh, the role of the media and working productively and constructively um, to ensure that, you know, our messages, um, you know, come out clearly and with credibility um, and that we, we really think about being sure that we are seen as we are, right? And that, uh, um, so we have a responsibility to, to communicate and engage with clarity. I think the media has a responsibility to report accurately uh, and with clarity. Um, and it's really a, it's a two-way dynamic um, that we uh, pay attention to. Um, and I think that, you know, in, in this digital age, um, traditional media play, still plays a very important role. And when you look at, you know, how a great story uh, or a story written by an influencer can travel um, across the Internet and throughout the world and all of the magnifications that occurs, of, um, that occurs around a great piece, a great piece of writing or a great piece of research or a, a compelling narrative, you know, it, traditional media has really, I think, increasingly has been integrated into uh, into the digital um, communications economy. I also think that, you know, we also believe that there's an important role for our own channels. So, you know, like many companies, we, we have channels of communication, um, whether through social media um, or through our own... Um, you know, direct communication that are also an important part of that, um, you know, that communication dynamic. And we increasingly see that there's a role for both. Um, our own, 
um, you know, our own channels and then the channels that the media provides um, and that are available online. So again, going back to that notion of a mosaic, you know, you, I do think that in the world that we're in now, uh, corporate affairs functions or communications functions, you know, have to really see all of those channels and understand their audiences really well um, and be and be knowledgeable enough about the audiences that you want to communicate with that you're able to reach them through the channels through which they want to be reached. That's great. And it's, you know, the, that kind of, you know, connects back to the listening concept from the beginning, the knowledge of the audiences, what matters to them and listening to them. The other thing that I, I really liked in what you were saying there is it does feel like there's a lot of emphasis these days in the magnification of stories and what you've called the communications economy. I'm going to, I think I'm going to quote that one here in the article, um, you know, but not as much emphasis necessarily on the storytelling itself and that that really is still what's most valuable. What else, when you think of sort of this communications economy, um, what are some of the trends that you think are most exciting or that, you know, you're maybe interested in experimenting with when it comes to maybe it's channels or technologies or formats or capabilities, just what are some of the trends that stands out that stand out to you? Yeah. Well, I do think, and I'm, I may have misheard you, but I, I, I do think that great storytelling is always at the core of strong communications. And I mean it in the best sense of, you know, credible narrative that um, really demonstrates um, values and demonstrate um, great research or demonstrate the excitement of a new product or service and what the value is that it can, that it provides to customers. I mean, those kinds of narratives um, are really, will always, I think, be a really important part um, of the way great communications are done. Um, I think that you know, part of what has been exciting to me is seeing the corporate affairs structure really start to take hold, um, both at PayPal and also, you know, I see it more frequently in, in other companies. And I think it holds the promise of producing a much more holistic way of thinking about reputation and stakeholder management uh, and also uh you know, enabling institutions like ours to really um, better understand uh, their stakeholders. Um, and I also think it's an exciting opportunity for professionals who can, you know, who can really build out uh, their capabilities across uh, disciplines. Um, but I think also if I, you know, if I look at trends um, and think about it, I think that, you know, the digital, you know, we've been talking a lot about what is different um, in the era of digital communications. And we certainly have uh, much more data to draw on that's available publicly uh, from the media um, and from... Um, you know, our own experience, um, 
with stakeholders. And so, you know, I think we can get a better, we do have a better understanding of the communications landscape, um, all of us who work in communications. Um, and that's very different um, than it was um, years ago when people were focusing on clip counts and on impressions whereas now one can understand engagement and how people share information and what is compelling enough that, that people choose to uh, resend it to their communities. Um, I think that's, uh, it's exciting to, you know, just intellectually to have a better understanding of, of the work we do and the impact that it has. Um, I also think it's exciting to see how many um, great professionals are coming into corporate affairs and communications from other professions. I think that our uh, profession as a whole is becoming more diverse uh, and becoming more interdisciplinary and more closely tied uh, to the business um, and to institutions and that when you meet communications professionals these days or corporate affairs professionals who are working, you know, at institutions that value their work, they really are strategic partners. And that, that's, um, that's an exciting thing um, for this profession. It is, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's, it's a theme that you've come back to a couple of times now, mentioning the strategic connection between the corporate affairs function and the business and the ability of corporate affairs to drive business impact because of that. Um, you also mentioned peer companies um, a couple of times and looking at, you know, what other companies are doing. Um, you, you know, you th you've brought us back to engagement when it comes to sort of the way of evaluating the impact we're having and that we're driving engagement. So let's kind of loop these things together. What are, you know, what are other examples of companies that you think are doing a great job at driving that stakeholder engagement? Who are brands that you find um, inspiring or that you like to look at as leaders? Yeah, I think there, there, there are a number of, there are, there are lots of different ways um, to, uh, uh, there are lots of different areas to admire or things to call out, but, you know, one of the areas um, where I think we're seeing, we're seeing more and more companies, um, you know, step up to um, speak to and take leadership on their, on their values. And, and there are some that really communicate that very effectively. And, uh, and I think uh, one example would be um, Salesforce. Um, I think another example um, is Microsoft. Um, and there are many others, but I think when you, um, when you see how those companies are expressing the, the values of their leadership um, and the values of their employees, um, I think they do a really good job. Um, I think that's an area also that we haven't discussed as much, but, you know, in, in employees and colleagues uh, across institutions are really an important part of the communications um, equation. And this is another area where I think in the, you know, in the era of digital communications, there's increasingly 
um, a seamlessness between external communications and internal communications. Um, and that means that, um, you know, years and years ago, there were sort of separate dimensions of how communications were conducted internally and externally. But in this seamless digital world, um, it means that external communications can sometimes be the most powerful internal communications and vice versa. And employees um, who are active and engaged in the digital communications world you know, are, are really important advocates for brands and for their companies um, and with each other. And I think that's, uh, that's an area where, again, um, it's a huge new potential for holistic for a for an holistic a holistic approach to communications and corporate affairs that the digital era provides that 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 internal external um, you know combination that's great that holistic seamlessness you know as you called it it feels like an important mindset shift. Um, for brands to be successful today. Are there any other things that you think of as you think of sort of the brands that are going to be successful in the future? What are the mindset shifts that, you know, either you think are going to be important or maybe even something that you're, you know, really driving adoption of within your team today? Anything that comes to mind? And I think I've covered most of that. I do think that, you know, and, I won't try to, I won't presume to go to the sort of broader questions of why some brands succeed and others don't, but in, within sort of corporate affairs and communications, the contributions that our functions, you know, can provide to the um, success of brands and of great companies, I think it's, I think I would go to one of the principles that I spoke about earlier of always learning um, and really paying attention to reputation, paying attention to um, our customers, paying attention and really listening both to customers and to the business and to constantly be um, thinking about how we can add more value um, and how we can also bring information and perspective from the outside to the inside um, because I think that's also um, part of our role that we, you know, we are engaging with the world on behalf of, uh, um, you know, on behalf of our businesses or our institutions and we learn a lot in doing that and we've got to share that learning um, and share those insights and that's, uh, I think, that the um, corporate affairs and communications functions that, you know, fulfill those principles will, will be able to add great, great value. There's like a professional benevolence, you know, buried in there that is, uh, I think, very inspiring and will be for a lot of people who hear this. Um, what about the, the agency landscape? So the agency landscape has changed a lot over the last couple of years, and some people have even sort of proclaimed the death of the agency of record relationship. And I, I just full candor, I don't know what your, your current situation looks like, but as you reflect on more broadly, what do you think are the capabilities that 
agencies of the future are going to need to be able to provide to clients uh, like PayPal and other uh, important you know companies, um, you know, as this as the landscape continues to evolve. Yeah, I think that um, I, I think that agencies can provide really valuable external perspective and um, and and help to enable best practice learning. And I think that the best uh, agency relationships are real partnerships, where um, there's an open recognition as to what can best be done by an internal team and what can best be done by an agency and how that uh, partnership dynamic, you know, can extend value uh, to the company or to the institution. Um, so I think agencies are evolving. <clears throat> and I think that as communications and corporate affairs becomes more strategic within institutions, um, I think that those of us um, who are involved in leading those functions take more responsibility for that partnership. Um, and that um, there's not that sense that there's some kind of outsourcing of responsibility, that it has to be true partnership. I love that. That's great, not outsourcing responsibility. So, Franz, I realize we're getting close to the top of the hour here. Is there anything else that you think is important for um, people uh, who are listening to this to hear? I think we've uh, I think we've covered uh, you know the full gamut. It's been a really interesting uh, conversation. Um, just trying to think if there was any. Uh, no, I mean I think that um, I think actually we had a chance to go farther than I expected we would go in this uh, uh, within this interview. So it's been actually quite thought provoking. Well, I absolutely agree, and I think that our readers and listeners are going to uh, greatly appreciate your insights here, Franz. So we thank you for your time, and uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing what sort of additional dialogue this sparks once it goes live on thehomesreport.com. Okay, well, thanks very much. It was, it was really a pleasure, and uh, I have a feeling I'll be thinking about this conversation for, for a while afterwards, because... Uh, it raised some interesting issues for me to think through as well. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Frictionless Marketing. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to check out Paul's best-selling book, Friction Fatigue, What the Failure of Advertising Means for Future-Focused Brands. In Friction Fatigue, Paul explains to readers why advertising is broken and provides a frictionless marketing framework to help build your brand in an era where advertising is no longer the answer. You'll learn how to protect your business against competitors and lead the pack with fresh marketing strategies that will help you prepare for a future where the consumer rules. Friction Fatigue is now available on Amazon and as a book on tape on audible.com. Thanks again for listening.